Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast with Brandy Montambo and Jason Wright. What's happening, everybody? Jason and Brandy back for another video and audio version of the podcast. What episode is this now? 159, I believe. Nine, yes. Awesome. Number three for you and 159 for the, for the mothership. So what's on your mind today? Can I share a funny story before we dive in? Uh, could I stop you if I tried? No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I was talking to this guy um, earlier in the week, and we're talking about setting up his uh, email account properly with Active Campaign. And he kind of told me what he thought was there and what he thought he should do. And I said, all right, I do this all the time. Let me jump in your account. I'll make a screen share video and I'll show you what I'm seeing and recommend some, you know, where you should go from here. Oh, perfect. So people love that. I sent him the video and a day later he was like, I'm really confused. Like I'm not following you. And I was like, like, man, how could he, how could he not be following me? I must be missing something. So uh, we set up another call and I got on the call with him and he was talking and I just had this weird feeling. So I was like, let me check the video I sent him. <laughs> and it was a video of just me like this, like looking at the camera. It didn't record my screen. So I just looked like a complete idiot. And I was really tired. And like my face was all red and blotchy and like one of my eyes was closed. I was like, what's wrong with me? And I told the guy, I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. Apparently I hit the wrong button, but now I understand why none of it made sense so. that's awesome <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything but i just thought people would get a kick out of it so uh i think that has to do with uh operational excellence let's make sure <laughs> what we send to people is exactly what we mean to send to people <laughs> i think everybody has sent that email when they're like oh boy that went out and i can't get it back uh, no my classic is please review this and send it back. And then I never attach anything. Or <laughs> give them a link and, and I literally did that three times yesterday. Like I sent things to people and say, Hey, just let me know what you think. And, and they're like, was there supposed to be something attached? It's like, it's not good. Not a I, good day. For that. I did this more than once, but when I was in the corporate world, I can remember putting together an email where I was, you know, annoyed with something and I sent it and I was like, I sent it to the person it was about. Oops. Oh. So that's when I'm like, sorry, I sent it, but I guess at least you know how I feel. I guess we'll go <laughs> from here. I mean, what do you do? You just that's, you just own it, you know? You don't really have much choice at that point. <laughs> and it should be a lesson. Never write those things in an email because even if you didn't send it to them, somebody else would have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do you have planned for us today? I, I'm letting Brandy take control of the show because – when I edited the last show and I heard how I ended that show and I just completely forgot she was alive, it, I felt horrible. <laughs> and then <laughs> you'll, nobody will know this, but when my son did the video, I, he was under a lot of pressure and I rushed him. I was like, why is the video so short? And I looked and he cut her out of the end of the video. So I had to redo it. I was like, you can't cut her out. I was like, I cut her out verbally. Then we just erased her. I was like, uh-uh. So I stood up and redid it and added her back in. I was like, she's going to put a hit out on me, son. 
most hilarious thing I've heard all day. That's yeah. awesome. I kept looking at that time and I was like, man, that's like 35 seconds too short. What's going on here? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe someday when I'm important enough, he'll, he'll let me have, have my spot. On the I'll be, it'll be a glorious day for all of us. So, so my way to make up, make that up to you is um, you, you let us know where we're going from here today. Okay. Well, I think, I thought that was your way of saying, I didn't really have much planned. So I hope you do uh, go for it, Brandy. <laughs> Either way, the ball's in your so court. <laughs> if you're, if you're listening or watching, he does get a pass. He told me earlier in the week, he's like, I'm completely buried. Like uh, hang in there with me. And I, so I'll, you get a pass today, but you only get, a limited number of those. So don't use them sparingly. <laughs> All right, we'll do. <laughs> um, so I had uh, my my day job or whatever you call it is um, I do corporate <laughs> consulting. I, this is not my day it's job. Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. It's been a long week. Um, but we had we do corporate consulting and we we actually consult on customer experience. So, but we had a company contact us and what they're really were looking for was a marketing agency but we talk so much about uh, your you know what you're saying and building raving fans and and how you're experiencing your your customer and and what insights you get from those customers and how all that builds together that he he contacted us to say you know what i'm looking to do is hire a marketing agency but i want to hear what you guys have to say and I was like, well, okay, cool. This is, I mean, one of, one of the hats I wear at our company is, um, is the marketing hat. Um, that doesn't mean you should nice. I don't think that that's one of, I don't think that was it, but if you're just listening, he's like trying his hats on over there. I'm, I'm scared that the man, the big yellow hat's going to nice big yellow hat's going to come out in a minute. Curious charge. No, Nobody, I do have okay. a really large number anyway. of hats to my right. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, my my initial reaction was okay so what do you need to know about your company before you spend money on a marketing campaign because what happens especially if you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner you think i need more customers which is exactly what this guy was doing he, his he, we asked him like why do you want to start a marketing campaign his response was i want more customers we finally got we had to turn the ship a little bit and correct some things and we are doing well now, so it's time for more customers. And I was like, okay, great, but, but what are you gonna do if you get more customers, right? Like, so it, are, your, are you set up for more customers? So are you set up to actually spend money on a marketing campaign? So I have three, count them, one, two, three, questions that you should answer before you spend money on a marketing campaign. So we're just going to use my little sitting duck right here, Mr. Jason, right? <laughs> and I'm going to ask you three questions. Now you can answer these as your own business because you have a very successful business, or you can answer them as what someone should answer them. So I'll let, I'll let you decide per question. Okay. I'm very <laughs> hesitant to tell people how they should answer for things. I think people <laughs> roll with whatever they feel like the right answer is for them. Oh, see, that's a very politically correct answer. I'm very <laughs> I was in HR for seven years. <laughs> All right. So question number one, mm -hmm. this one, everybody's going to know, this is the first question that everybody's going to pop in their head and I'm going to throw it out there because it's the right one. First question is, who is your target? 
who are you talking to? So you want me to answer this for me or you want me to just. You can surprise me. Just go for it. All right. So for me, I know who it is. It's other entrepreneurs and it's digital agencies. Uh, For me, the entrepreneurs are going to be 300 K a year in revenue and more. But here's the funny part. I didn't know who my ideal customer was for a long time. I think most people, I would venture to say most businesses think they know who their customer is, but a lot of them have no idea. Well, it's just, uh, it's people that uh, eat and breathe and go to the bathroom. Okay. Can we get any more so detail? How did you figure it out? Um, just once I figured out what the right types of jobs were that I got, I started seeing the pattern. I started to say, oh man, I thought it was these folks, but mm-hmm. these folks are the ones to work with A, because they pay and B, because they're serious or, you know, whatever the case may be. So it, it takes time. It, it can take time to kind of evolve and figure out depending on how you want your business to be. Because for me, if I hate doing a piece of my business, I'm going to do everything in my power to pivot away from it. Part of the reason okay. I'm in business for myself, I'm not doing this to be miserable. I want to make an impact and enjoy what I do. And that, make, that means uh, constantly reflecting on what I'm doing, who I'm working with, how I'm working with them. So um, for me, it wasn't a linear process to figure that out at all. And it could change more. It could be even more specific down the road. But yeah, it's, uh, you've got to figure out, not necessarily who you're working with, but who that ideal client is. You can yeah. work with a bunch of people and make money, but you can be making $3 an hour plus a McDonald's milkshake for pay because you're <laughs> running ragged and it's not good work. So. And it's not even a steak and shake milkshake. <laughs> That's a reference to the previous episode. If you haven't heard it, go listen now. <laughs> so. Um no, I think that's, that's exactly, I mean, we could do a whole show on just how to define your target, but, yeah. but it, it is critical. And it's funny because that little phase, phrase, sorry, phase with P-H-A-S-E, phase that you were talking about, <laughs> we call that the, uh, the middle school years, right? So yeah. when you're growing up and you're in middle school, you're like, okay, I kind of like doing football. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like getting hurt. No, I kind of like soccer. Yeah, there's a lot of people there trying to kick me. So you're 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 kind of figuring out who you are. And then when you hit your freshman year in high school, you're like, okay, I think I got an idea here. But you're still not perfect yet. You're always readjusting. Your whole life you're readjusting to, yeah. to define it. But yeah, the middle school, the middle school years of, of your business are that time when you're like, okay, well, let's try this. Let's just see how it rolls. And if it doesn't work, then we'll try something different. Absolutely. It's middle school. Yep. So no, that's really good. And I think I'm glad that you expressed that because I think that so many small business owners experience that and then they get frustrated because you forget that it's a path, right? Like you, you think you, you, you open this business, you, you start in the world and you got it and you forget this is going to grow and it's going to change and it's going to evolve. So that was, I'm that drawing was awesome. something on the fly. You ever see this little thing um, online? So obviously you got to watch. You see, so that top line is how people think the path to success is where you are to where you want to go. Which reality, is a straight line. If you're just listening, it's just a straight line left to right. And the reality is it's more like a ball of hair that you found in your cafeteria salad. It goes all over the place, up, down, backwards, and it, it's chaos. But it's chaos. for me, the love is in the journey. I love the chaos, this specific type of chaos. And a lot of people aren't cut out for it. But, yeah, I mean, it's um, – Of course, that could be your ADHD, but, you know, that's okay. We won't – It's just no ADD. Just, 
the hyperactivity piece, that's, I don't have that, just the ADD. So. <laughs> it's a judgment-free zone. It's okay. It is. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, but that is correct. It, it is a big squiggly ball of hair, and you go around and around until you figure it out. So, All right. Well done. You get an A for that question. Oh, thanks. Question number two, dos. Um, so this one has a, a little piece of background that, that I want to share just because it's really critical and I don't think people ever think about it. So you, you may have heard me just throw out the word operational excellence a little bit earlier. Um, mm -hmm. That was a little tease in case you didn't notice. Um, so that is one of the critical pieces that we do as consultants is we help companies figure out their operational excellence because it, it, operational excellence, doing your job well consistently equals trust. So if you take OE, put a little equal sign, it's trust. So here's the difference. If you go to um, McDonald's, I know we always pick on McDonald's. I don't know why they're going to like they're gonna, we're going to get a lot of publicity when they sue us. That's gonna this happen. podcast has been sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> um, of course, they might not like this one. So if you go to McDonald's, tell me about, Jason, tell me about your French fry experience at McDonald's. I'm not a big, In, I'm not a big McDonald's French fry guy. Okay, well. How about the cookies? I know all about the cookies. I don't know anything about the cookies. But tell no. me about the cookies and then I'll go back to the question. Okay. At most locations that aren't uh, complete capitalist pigs, they still sell them for three for a dollar. Some are at two for a dollar now, but they're generally uh, sugary, soft, and flavorful as they should be. And that is a good cookie. So that is a good cookie. That's a, that's a win. So I'm going to tell my experience with McDonald's French fries because I actually really like McDonald's French fries. Okay. But here's what happens. Day one, I go to McDonald's and I get my French fries and they're like, perfect they're like hot and crisp and they have the perfect amount of salt on them mm -hmm. day two i go to mcdonald's perfect hot crisp perfect amount of salt day three they're old they're cold even the soggy ones which i actually like are like so terrible i can't even eat them day four terrible day five fabulous day six terrible there's no consistency, right? Mm -hmm. If I go to Chick-fil-A, what kind of fries am I going to get? Waffle. Waffle. <laughs> Perfect every time. Yep. Why? Because they put measures around their operations. So there, there's like, I don't know, 24 measures of what your chicken sandwich is supposed to taste like. Like it has the the between the breading and the temperature and how long it can sit on the little thing. Like they time every single thing that goes out. They can't be out for more than five minutes or they take it off and put a new one out. No matter what time of day you go, you're always going to get some consistency because here's, here's the headpiece that makes people understand this. So McDonald's is consistent, inconsistently good, but being inconsistently good is actually worse than being consistently bad. Because if your fries are terrible, I'm gonna know, I'm gonna go there and I'm not gonna get the fries, but I'm gonna get something else because I know what to expect. I trust that I know what to expect. If you tease me with these amazing fries and then the next time I go and they're terrible, I don't trust you anymore. 
I don't know what you're going to give me. So question number, with all that background, question number two is, what does your customer need from you in order to trust you? Can I ask a question about what you just said first? Sure. Is this just by chance being fueled by a recent bad fry experience? <laughs> I feel like you were there this morning and you screamed profanity at the people working there because it's like the third time in a row it was terrible. Um, yeah, I'm actually not very good at that. Like, no. I don't. Inside, I don't were you dying inside? Because I feel I some intensity yeah. in you. That I'll be honest with you, I'm a little scared right now because I'm like, man, she's very intense right now. And she's uh -oh. smiling. You're there. We'll edit. Okay. Don't worry about Re it. Repeat whatever you just said because I didn't hear it. <laughs> I said, you're, you're speaking today with this intensity about you and a smile, which makes it really scary. So I feel <laughs> I like, man, dang it. There's that internet again. Yeah. What's up with your internet? I don't know. Dude. We'll just pause for a moment. I'll edit this out. <laughs> All right. I feel like you're speaking with an intensity, an intensity today about these fries. It's kind of scary because you're smiling, but you're very, very, very serious. There's almost like little flames in your pupils. And I'm like, wow, oh. this is, I'm glad there's a bunch of states between us. I'm scared right now. So fries did you have, are serious stuff. Did man. you have a recent I mean, bad fry experience? If you don't understand how important fries are in the world, you've got serious problems. We're going to have to talk about that later. There I may like, be therapy required. I like how you won't answer my question. Did you have a recent bad fry experience? Actually, no. I don't eat fries very often, which is probably why they're so important to me. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, I got you. All right, we'll go to question two. Do you know what the number one sold item at Chick-fil-A is? That you can guess now. It's Waffle the fries. fries. You know Chick-fil-A's... All right, this is funny. This is the other thing I was going to tell you. So their spicy chicken sandwich for me is the perfect sandwich. And if anybody mm -hmm. on earth, anybody listening, I don't care where you are in the world because we have an international audience. If you eat that sandwich and you tell me you don't like it, you're lying. There's no, there's no <laughs> way. Like spicy. You're lying. I don't care what the excuse <laughs> is. It's so simple and clean and fresh and it's the perfect blend that you're just lying to yourself and everybody you love and care about if you don't like that sandwich. I just don't get it. My wife's like, Mm -mm, I don't like Chick-fil-A. I'm like, what? What so, is wrong with her? So I've got these divorce papers just waiting to sign for she pushes I me I think too this far. may be important. I think you're going to have to have further discussions. Or at least <laughs> is time. that not normal? Is that not a normal? <laughs> no. Uh, right. Yeah. So Question the spicy chicken is my favorite as well. I, yes, I, 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 I passed the test. It is my favorite. So you're probably startled that I said that actually. <laughs> I actually like the spicy uh, chicken biscuit in the morning too, but mm. we don't do that anymore. Gotcha. So, all right. What was question all right, So back two? to the question that you avoided by tangenting us. What mm. does your customer need from you yep. to trust you? Uh, they need an opportunity to work with me first. So as weird as that sounds, I mean, social proof's great. Conversations are great, but most people that I personally work with start with a simple project. And I tell people, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, we're going to start with what you're saying with a project because it gives you a chance to fill me out, gives me a chance to blow your freaking mind by exceeding your expectations, and you'll know exactly what the rest of our relationship looks like. And it works very, very well for me. You know, social proof's great. Everything's great. But your own experience with somebody or something is, is what makes or breaks it. So. so what do they get in that experience? Um, <laughs> so depending on the type of project, I mean, we, I give them the deliverables that they're looking for. I give them very easy to comp comprehend and digest information, very good communication. 
And I, uh, I always try to find a way to give more value than they're paying me for as well. So I get a little surprise or two as well. So what I heard in there was you set expectations, mm -hmm. you tell them ahead of time what the deliverables are going to be. So yep. they know what to expect and then they're pleased when you do actually deliver on them on time. I'm hoping. Yep. And if, <laughs> and if not, I'm going to find a way to make it up. Like if you're mad about that, hell, I'll give it to you for free if that makes you feel better because the value is in the long-term relationship anyway. So Absolutely. I'll literally and do whatever I need to do to make it right. The, yeah. The goal is to do it right. And, but life happens and sometimes that doesn't work out and, yeah. but you have to retain the relationship with the value. Um, yeah. And then you also said something else, which is um, you, you go beyond, beyond their expectations if, if you can. So like you're making them feel valued and special because you've done something for them yep. in some extra way. Yep. So that, that, that is the core of what your customer needs. They need, they need to trust you. And the, the things that you said were exactly what I was looking for anyway. Like you set expectations and then you meet them. That's how you find trust. Now, if you're a software company, you're, you're, they need your software to work every time, right? Like if it crashes, if I bought a Mac and it crashed every five minutes, I wouldn't be a Mac fan anymore. <laughs> um, but I have to throw out that my new Surface Book is is pleasing to work on as a Mac, so I might be converting. But um, I know it. That's I know. crazy talk right there. I, it, it's it is really nice. Between um, the intensity in the eyes, the little flames in the pupils, and the crazy talk, I'm getting nervous. What's happening here? And this is only episode three. What are you going to do? <laughs> We're still in the dating phase here. Come on. <laughs> oh, don't tell your wife I said that. I didn't mean that. That's she doesn't funny. watch this stuff anyway. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, good. We're safe. Okay. Um, all right. So number one, three questions you need to answer before you spend money on a marketing campaign. Number one, who is your target? Who is your ideal client? What are you looking, who are you looking to talk to? Number two, what does your customer need from you to trust you? So if you're not performing those things, selling to a bunch of people is just going to shoot you in the foot because it doesn't, it doesn't do any good to bring in new customers if you don't deliver on your product. And once you have what your operational excellence figured out is, then you need to, the third question is what processes do you have set up that are scalable? So if I'm like, if I'm, if I'm working on an average day, but I'm just barely getting everything done for my current clients. But I want to do this big marketing campaign because I want more clients. I want to make more money. Who doesn't, right? Every small business does. Every business, doesn't matter if you're small or not. But do you have processes in place that are scalable? Um, so here's my example, so you know what I'm talking about. One of the things that, that a company that's growing works on, say you're a consultancy or you do services or you provide products, whatever. You do a, a proposal, you throw it out there, statement of work, all that stuff needs to be done. But if you're spending, you know, four hours writing your proposal every day, when are you spending time working on your product? So if you're spending all your time doing one thing, then you don't have time for more customers. So what processes do you have in place to make sure you're scalable? That's for you, Jason. <laughs> I gotta actually answer that now. So, so you want me to answer about my business again? Just the sure. working example, stay consistent. 
So it's interesting because I, I figured out a long time ago, I'm not scalable, just like you're not scalable. No one person is scalable. So like you said, the process piece is huge for me. And I don't have any problem sharing this, but what I want to do is on the front end now, I pretty much, I've got to a point where I do two things. I'm either going to do a review of your digital marketing and make little videos and show you what I'm looking at and what you need to do to fix it. That's one price. Or I'm going to build you a funnel. Those are the only two things you're going to get from me on the front end. Because I know that the chances of both of those converting into agency clients is very high. Nothing else is worth my time. Seriously. Okay. So what I can do is I can replace that front end piece that I'm doing now with information products through funnels and through online courses. And the back cool. end, I can literally be the mastermind, mastermind behind the scenes and hire account managers and say, hey, account manager, this is the exact system I use with Slack for the communication and this for this and this for that. This is the, the arena that you need to use for tools. Own your process wherever you want to because that micromanaging crap killed me in corporate America. And then the end <laughs> results are all that matter. This is a flat rate I'll pay you per month per client. And this person can make six figures and the company will make six figures as well. And I can keep scaling the back end of the company with account managers that feel like they have their own company. Like they're not going to get benefits or anything, but they're going to have good money and time to do whatever they want. So I can scale the front and the back end of my company and pull myself out of it, you know, whenever. So I've, I've thought about that and realized that that had to happen. Otherwise I was going to be working hundred hours a week, the rest of my life. And that's why a lot of people never grow past a certain point. You know, Hey, Bob, the, the carpenter or whatever has always made good money, but it's always been just him or him and a part-time guy. And I never get past a level because what got you there is not going to take you to the next place. And like you said, you're not scalable, Bob. So you've got to have processes so you can say, hey, Eric, or hey, Jane, if you do these things here, you'll be successful. Exactly. I, I, you would think that we like rehearse this or whatever, because you got like the perfect answers <laughs> for all three questions. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Just so people listening hear that. So she's being dead serious. Uh, right before the show, I said, hey, you're in control today. You run with it. And that's literally all we said. <laughs> about now because i just saw school bus go by i said uh, stuff might get noisy in the background but other than that let's roll so this is unrehearsed for sure <laughs> yeah that's uh, if you haven't noticed it's definitely unrehearsed but i think it's all good <laughs> uh that's called authenticity there you yeah. go yeah absolutely um so those are those are the three questions that if you're ready to start spending money on your marketing which you should that's that's an important step in growing your business um, but you got to know the answers to those three questions. One, who is your target uh, client? Who's your ideal client? Two, what does your customer need from you to trust you to make sure you are operationally excellent? Are you doing what you said you're going to do? And what processes do you have? So if when you get all these new clients from the marketing, what processes do you have to make you scalable? And I even think the order that you answered those in is good sequentially as it stands. Was that by design? Yeah, kind of. Because I was thinking <laughs> about that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that and I was like, yeah, the back end, number three doesn't matter if you have no idea what number one is because you're going to be, have nothing to do anyway. So. Exactly. Awesome. All right. I don't have anything else. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share today? I am good. I'm already excited for the next episode because who knows what kind of laughter and surprises it will be. <laughs> um, appreciate you spending some time on here today. People listening at home. I thought about this the last couple episodes. If you guys are curious and subscribe and subscribe to the podcast, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com backslash podcast 
And on the player there, in the upper right-hand corner, you can subscribe via PIPA or via Apple Podcast. You can find us pretty much anywhere else podcasts are published as well. And we appreciate you listening. Go, go click, man. Subscribe. We <laughs> want to hear from you. We're excited. We got lots of stuff planned. Um, looking forward to it. And on, a, on an upcoming show, we're going to bring on our first guest here soon too, aren't we? We won't say who, but... I, I hope so. I, I've got a couple of people in mind that I that I think would be added value. So now, will we actually be able to do the video with three screen people on the screen? Should be able to. Awesome. I might have to upgrade the plan, but hey, we'll make that happen. Awesome. Thank you, and we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, check out intentionallyinspirational.com. Until next time.